Welcome to It Just Takes One. One person, one idea, one moment can change your life. Here's what's coming up on today's show. And I'm not saying that they don't care, okay? But they will be a lot more understanding if you present yourself truthfully to them than if you try to avoid the situation. Because what you resist is going to persist. So my theme at the beginning of this year was fear less. And I just decided that this year I was going to do those things that I've been afraid of doing. Money. When I say that word, what comes to your mind? What kind of reaction does it create within you? You probably recognize as I'm saying it that money can create some pretty interesting reactions in people. And my guest today decided to address just that very thing. Frank Pucker is the author of Smart Money Moves, a practical approach to earning, growing, and protecting your money. We're going to hear from him about the book, why he wrote it, what it's about. And along the way, he shares some great advice for you. So I'd say be prepared to take some notes. For me, this is a very special episode of It Just Takes One. It is the first episode where I can blend all of my personal work through Studio 8 Academy, the Todd Durkin Mastermind Group, and Scripter Publishing Group. My theme for 2018 is harmony, and in this one episode, I am able to harmonize all of those aspects of my life. Frank, besides being one of my closest friends, is the thread that binds all of this together. So sit back and listen in as Frank shares his story. Hi, Frank. Welcome to It Just Takes One. Thank you for having me, Kelly. It's great to have you on. Uh, For those of you who don't know Frank, uh, Frank Pooker is the owner of Fitness One to One Personal Training Studio in Roseland, New Jersey. And you might hear a little bit of the New Jersey accent in his voice, so I feel like I need to just put that in there as a as fair warning. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Frank and I have known each other for almost 10 years now, actually. We we started together in the Todd Durkin Mastermind Group back in 2009, and we now both coach for Todd in the Mastermind Group. So I'm sure some of that will come out as we talk. I'm really excited to have him with us today because he is a brand new author, and I'm very excited to talk to him about what it meant to him to to write a book, to publish a book, and and what that whole process has been for him. So, Frank, thanks for being on. Listen, Kelly, you know, first of all, thank you. It's, as anyone who knows you and I, you know, you're one of my favorite people. So, any time I get to spend with you is always a time well spent and usually the highlight of my day. So, I'm happy to be here and honored to be in your presence as always. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And the same back to you. So, Frank, tell the audience a little bit about you, about Fitness One to One, and how you even got into personal training way back when. Uh, you know, my st- my journey into fitness isn't really all that different than a lot of others. Uh, you know, I was, a, I was a college graduate, not really sure what I was going to do going forward. But, you know, fitness was always something that was around me because I was a college athlete. And uh, you know, after spending several years as uh, a fitness instructor at a big box gym, a, 
a personal trainer in a small studio, I, I took my first leap into entrepreneurship uh, in 1996, basically going in and out of homes, training people. And after several years of that, that led to studio ownership, eventual relocation of my business. And uh, the, really the last 10 years of my career have really taught me the most, uh, the most valuable lessons largely because of some of the adversity that was uh, faced. Obviously, you learn a lot more through adversity than you do success, but really just some of the contacts and connections, you amongst them that I've met as a result of being in the mastermind. And I always credit the mastermind with so much of what I'm doing right now because, um, you know, as a coach, I, I learn from not only my own failures and successes, but I get the opportunity every day, every week, every month to listen to, up to 100 other fitness professionals from around the country share their failures, their successes, their struggles. And uh, so I've had the ability over the last couple of years to kind of collate a lot of these ideas, a lot of these lessons learned. And, you know, I'm at that phase of my career now where I want to start to share all that so that other personal trainers or fit pros can sort of shorten their learning curve along the way. And I think that that is, uh, you know, the book, as we talk about that, we'll, we'll talk about some of the ways that you're sharing those lessons. But let's just go back for a moment. You, you mentioned the mastermind. It's how you and I connected. And I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I tell people that I'm in a mastermind, coaching in a mastermind group, they, they are very curious about what that means, what it is. When I joined back in 2009 for mm-hmm. our own reasons, why don't you share a little bit about why you joined the mastermind and what you see the mastermind to be in your life? You know, why I joined the mastermind versus um, what the mastermind is are two very different things. I joined the mastermind in 2009, quite honestly. I was looking for divine intervention. Uh, I was just at a place in the business where um, I didn't know if my business was going to survive the next six to 12 months. I wasn't even sure how I was going to be able to afford joining the mastermind, but I knew that I needed to do something. So it was almost like a, a last, a last grasp. And, um, I, I didn't get divine intervention, but what I did get was probably more valuable in that I learned a series of lessons, um, that I otherwise just wouldn't have learned. I, I, you know, I learned that sometimes we are our own worst enemy, um, whether that's our own fears, our own ego. Um, I got a, I got a, you know, a, a crash course in leadership. Uh, you know, I was a reluctant leader in my business for a number of years. I, I, I take ownership of the fact that despite the economy in 2008, 2009, it was really the lack of leadership that caused my business to struggle as much as it did. So. You know, I joined the mastermind probably for all of the wrong reasons, but I got all of the right lessons out of it. And how I would define the mastermind today is I think the mastermind, and and you and I just had this conversation recently, I think the mastermind is, it's a program that helps individuals develop best practices in business and life. And it's held accountable through both not only a coach, but a collective sharing of ideas with like-minded individuals. So, um, you know, I think the mastermind program, it's a personal and business development program. The mastermind is not, in my opinion, a how-to program. It's a, it's a how-can-I program. 
So, um, you know, that what, if somebody would have sold it to me like that on day one, I probably would not have joined, but, um, you know what, I, I, I've always believed that water finds its own level. We not always the most direct route, but we always end up where we're supposed to be. And I found myself at the, at, at the right place at the worst time. And I find myself here today, you know what, um, just again, sharing those lessons so that other people can can benefit from not only what my experiences have been, but what are some of the lessons based on the experiences I've been exposed to. And so much of the book that you just wrote is about some of those lessons you learned and, and how you're sharing those with people that want to read the book. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that back in 2008, 2009, a lot of a lot of things were happening financially in our culture and certainly in our businesses. Obviously, you just mentioned it's why you began in the mastermind. But talk a little bit about that adversity. You know, I think sometimes people look at us where we are right now and think, oh, they're successful. Everything's gone so well for them. They'll never understand the hardships that I'm having or the financial distress that I'm in. Share a little bit more about where you were back then and some of the challenges that you were facing? Well, I'll, re- I'll rewind it slightly before that. When I, when I started my brick and mortar business in, in 1998, from 1998 to 2008, the worst possible thing happened. And that was that we made money every year and our revenues grew every year. Now, someone might ask the question, say, well, how could making money, how could making money be a problem? And, and the answer to that is when the money you're about to lose is, is, is greater than you expect or greater than you're prepared for. And what really happened with, with me was in 2008, um, uh, I had a house built. So I, I took out a $500,000 mortgage, um, had that. And, and of course the bank was more than happy to give it to me. I, I owned a business, uh, you know, we had growing revenues, excellent credit. Um, less than a year later, uh, the opportunity to relocate my studio came along and I went from basically a 2,200 square foot studio to a 4,800 square foot studio at a, in a different building and, and decided to get, you know, get rid of all of the dumbbells and all of the benches and all of the cardio we had because I wanted to have everything brand new and make a statement because things were great and they were only going to get better and took out a $300,000 SBA loan to construct the new studio and I found myself basically at the end of 2008 with $800,000 worth of debt in my name, and things were fine. But then 2009 rolled along, the economy crashed. Um, we lost a number of clients. I lost two trainers. They walked out the door with a handful of, well, two handfuls of clients, and just you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars just disappeared overnight. And there were weeks in a row, not some weeks, but weeks in a row where I wasn't taking a paycheck. I fell behind on my rent in the business. And, and for anybody that's at that place in their business, and that's a lot of entrepreneurs. Again, as I listen to other people in the mastermind and in the industry, there are a lot of struggling small business owners. They don't wear that externally, but it's going on. And what ended up happening was it finally got to the point where I needed to start making some tough decisions. And I, I referenced earlier about the importance of leadership. Leaders have to make the tough decisions sometimes. So I needed to have some difficult conversations with my team. I need to have some difficult conversations with my spouse. I need to have some difficult conversations with my landlord, difficult conversations with the banks. And not everybody was going to be 
agreeable to what I was proposing, but I needed to have those difficult conversations. And as the next, you know, 12 to 18 months came along, we started to pull ourselves little by little out of that hole. And really by the end of, I'd say 2010, well, probably 2011, 2012, we, we got back onto a positive foot and, uh, and we've just had great momentum ever since. You know, my business runs very smoothly now. And you're right, Kelly, people may look at my situation, my business and say, wow, I'd love to have a business like that right now. You, you know, I wouldn't have the business I have today had it not been for the adversity I went through. And trust me, when I was going through that in 2009, um, and I'll, I'll never forget those weeks, um, I, there was no end in sight, in my opinion. And I'm an optimist, but there was, you know, I started thinking I'm going to lose the house. I'll go work. That was my optimistic view. I said, hey, I'll rent an apartment and I'll go work for somebody else. Um, so I was optimistic. I mean, I said, I'll land on my feet, but I really, we were that close to it. And I really thought that that was going to happen. And what probably wasn't for about a good solid 12 to 16 months before I started to realize, hey, you know what, we might be able to pull this off if we can you know, get a little bit of momentum on our side and a little wind in our sails. So my, the advice I would give to anybody that is struggling in that way, um, face reality squarely. Um, do not try to go through this alone. Uh, you've got to have an all-in approach. And again, if you've got a team, speak to your team about the situation. If you've got a significant other, you know, make sure that they understand. If you've got landlords or creditors, trust me, they're going to understand. You know, it's funny. That was a big fear of mine. What are my landlords and what are, they go through this every single day. And I'm not saying that they don't care. Okay. But they will be a lot more understanding if you present yourself truthfully to them than if you try to avoid the situation, because what you resist is going to persist. So, you know, take an all in approach, face reality squarely, recognize you're not the only one to be in that situation. And you know what? And if you are fortunate enough to be a part of a mastermind team, surround yourself and lean on your teammates because some of them may be in that situation as well. And together you're stronger than if you try to go it alone. That little segment right there was so full of nuggets that I hope if you're listening, you took out your pen and paper and wrote down some of those little bullet points that he just gave um, or go back and rewind and hear that. There was so much information given right there. Um, so, so much of those lessons that you learned, Frank, um, may have stemmed from the adversity that you experienced. And is that part of what prompted you to write this book? You know, um, the book has been on my mind for a while and I, I really don't know what the, the Genesis moment was where I said, this is going to be it. But I've long known for several years now, even as far back as the, the Naples retreat you and I had fit pros have a very difficult time thinking about money. I think a lot of fit pros when they're developing their business plan or, and they're budgeting, they budget for survival. They don't budget how to thrive in their lives. It's almost like they say, here's how much I need to, to pay myself or pay my rent. But, or, you know, you're never going to exceed the ceiling of your expectations. So I want people to reach more and dream bigger. And so that was the beginning, I think, of it for me. And then over the last couple of years, as again, as a mastermind coach, watching different fit pros struggle and go through different forms of adversity financially, I started thinking to myself, wow, like 
you know, if only they would have known about this, if only they would have been prepared this way. And, and I just started, you know, saying like, you know, the first rule of money is don't lose money. And, and I see that a little bit of proactiveness could have helped prevent a lot of pain for a lot of people. And then over again, the last probably several years since financially things have really turned around for me, um, you know, what's been on my mind now is, um, how do I grow my money? And, and that's just not a conversation that a lot of fit pros are, are comfortable having. It, it's, it's certainly not a part of our, our, our continuing educational dialogue. And to be honest, I, I, I've probably out of fear. Um, but although my, my theme at the beginning of this year was fear less, and I just decided that this year I was going to do those things that I've been afraid of doing. And writing the book was one of them. Almost embarrassed, if I'm being honest, that nobody else in the industry has filled this space. And I've been looking around saying, like, it's almost like when the teacher asks, does anyone have a question? Everyone looks around to see, like, who's going to be the first one to put their hand up? I'm just assuming it's going to be someone other than me. And it just got to the point where I said, the, the, the gap is so wide, no one is willing to fill that space. I hope that what I provide is enough, but I've got to begin filling in that space because too many people are falling into the pitfalls of uh, finances. And I just, as someone who wants to serve the industry, I just couldn't sit by anymore. And you're speaking of it in terms of the fitness industry, which is what we're in. But truthfully, this is outside of the industry as well. I actually had lunch with a friend of mine today and was telling her I was going to be doing an interview with you this afternoon. And she said, oh, is that a book that we could use? And she's in a, in a completely different industry in education. So I think money is a topic that tends to be the white elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. And I am so excited that you're the one that's going to start pushing that elephant out the door in, in the fitness industry for sure. And, and that's quite, a, that's quite a visual. I know it is. It is. Take that elephant by the tail. So the book is called smart money moves and tell us a little bit about the process of actually putting this book together and going through the, the whole process of writing and publishing this book. How has that worked for you? Well, I mean, it probably began well over a year ago. I, um, I've been kind of jotting down some notes and throughout the last year, I've probably been threading out either on social media or perhaps in an article or a response in my mastermind, um, the framework of this book, certainly some of the key messages. And a little over a year ago, I presented at Idea PT East and um, I presented on Smart Money Moves And the book is actually a deeper look at that presentation, but the presentation itself had a lot of the flavor of um, what I'm talking about. Just some of the anecdotes are are a little deeper and a little more specific in here. But, you know, as I started to, as many fit pros do, is, um, you know, gather all of these notes on a subject I was passionate about, it came to me that I said, I might have a book here if I could only get myself organized. And you and I had a conversation sometime in December talking about, uh, you know, big five for the year and goals. And, and I said, I think in, you know, 2018, I'm going to write a book. And you said to me, uh, you know, uh, you've got four months. And <laughs> so I, um, you know, I was down in Miami for uh, Christmas and New Year's. And, and I remember saying to myself, all right, as soon as I get back from Miami, I'm going to start working on this. And I, I literally woke up New Year's Day 
And, you know, and I said, fear less, you know, why this is, this is the year, this is the time. So I opened up my laptop and I just started writing. I just started looking at my notes and organizing them. And I just literally wrote every morning. I think the book, the, the main body of it took me about 10 or 11 days. And I wrote every morning for anywhere from 20 minutes to maybe an hour and 20 minutes. I didn't sit there all day long and I didn't, you know, write and then close it and then go back to it. So I wrote until whatever I got done, think my thought process just kind of came to the end of the road. I closed my laptop, looked at my notes, and then the next morning went back at it. And um, so that part was pretty easy. You know, I will say, you know, the, the process with you and Greg at Scripter Publishing, it's been the more difficult part. You guys could not be easier to work with, but it's been the difficult part because, because now it's like all of a sudden it's like you're, you're waiting and, and, and you're, the, things have to get edited and things have to get laid out. So believe it or not, the writing of the book is the easy part. That's almost like, you know, now it's like the waiting is, is the frustrating, at least for me, is the frustrating part. Um, but the process with you guys is, like I said, could not have been easier. And, um, and what I would say is, you know, for you and I, it's been, as always, a great partnership because I'm an idea person. I am not great with details. You, you have tremendous attention to the details. So for me to just say to you, here's everything I've scribbled down for the last 10 or 11 days, make a book out of this. And for you guys to break it up and lay it out and go through the formatting and the editing and helping to design the cover and the layouts has been all in all looking back. It's been an incredibly fast process. It's been a fun process. And the next 48 hours or so are going to be even more exciting as we get ready for the launch. So um, I, I, I'm very much looking forward to uh to discussing this and sharing this with people once they get it in their hands. You know, do you remember when we were young, there was a commercial on TV for the Heinz ketchup or Hunt's ketchup. I don't know which mm-hmm. one it was. It and was it hot. was the anticipation. The and, and the guy, the little kids waiting for the ketchup to come and it's not yeah. coming. And then it comes and it looks so great and delicious. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the stage that you're in. It's that anticipation because yeah. it's, it's been off your desk for a while. Mm-hmm. You, you wrote it and it's been out of your hands for a bit. But um, today you actually had the moment when that brown cardboard mm-hmm. box showed up at your door. Talk about that. You know, it's, it's funny is I went up to, I went up to the front desk and, uh, and there was a, a, like you said, a, a brown box up at the front desk and uh, I opened it up. I mean, I knew what it was and I opened it up and, Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm holding it in my hands. I'm looking at the front cover and I'm looking at the testimonials and the back cover and I'm, I smelled it. it smells good. Guys, it smells good. I licked it. It tastes good. Um, but it's a little surreal. It's a little surreal because two years ago, uh, I wouldn't have thought I would have gotten this done. And it, it doesn't seem like that long ago that I woke up on New Year's Day. I had a cup of coffee you know, sitting next to me and I just started typing away on uh, my computer. So it's a lot of fun. And now it's like, you know, just waiting for the actual published version to come in. This is the proof. And and the proof itself looks great. Um, But to actually have the the finished product and start thinking, who am I going to send it out to? uh, It's a lot of fun. And I started thinking about that today. I, I went to the pool to go for a swim after I looked at the proof and 
I started thinking to myself, all right, you know, they're, they're, you know, this, you know, who are the people that wrote testimonials for me and who are the people that I acknowledged in the book? I want to send them a copy. And, and then I'm, on my social media, I'm, I'm reading everybody saying, I'm so excited. I can't wait to buy it. And, and it, it's an exciting time because what, you know, to me, again, it's the fearless. I think a lot of fit pros always maybe have the idea of writing a book, but they have that fear of saying, is what I have to contribute or offer um, enough? And it's one of those things where I think the excitement around the book right now is uh, it's making me feel really good that I recognize that there is a need for a book like this in the industry. I don't know if there's another need for another abs book or or a, a kettlebell book, but there's definitely a need for something that helps people live a better life other than through fitness. And money is one of those vehicles like fitness that helps people live better lives. And the irony is that fit pros aren't living their best life largely because of a lack of money. Yes. And at one point in the book, you actually speak to that where you say, you know, fit pros don't necessarily get into the business because they're going to make money. They get into Mm -hmm. the business because they want to help people get, get better in their life. They want to help serve people. And because of that, they tend to put money as an afterthought instead Mm -hmm. of a driver and that can backfire a lot of times. Absolutely. Again, I think it's, it's the scarcity mindset. There's the lack mindset. Uh, you know, very few people go into the fitness industry saying, you know, I want to make a million dollars. And I'm not saying that that necessarily should be the, the goal, but, but why not? I, I think that the benefits of fitness are certainly worth a million dollars. Um, and it, it just comes down to, do you have the ability to think on a level such as that. And if you can't, it's tough to get there. It is. And, you know, as much as the health is priceless, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're helping people get healthy. And what is the price tag on that? Uh, there's also that investment idea that the people that we're investing our time in and that are investing their time with us um, are worth Mm-hmm. more than we're allowing them to be worth as well. And, and so there's lots of components to that money piece. So if you were talking to somebody who wants to purchase your book and you wanted to just give them a little summary or a couple, two or three ideas from the book that you think would be takeaways that they could look for, what would you say to them? What would you share? Well, I'd say the first thing is... Um, develop a basic knowledge or an understanding of the principles of money. Um, Money is not something to be feared. So start to familiarize yourself with some basic terms and, and, and understand. It's amazing how many people just have no clue with regard to their finances. Perhaps if if you're listening to this, maybe you've got, you know, parents, maybe uh, your mother says your father takes care of that, but I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. You know, it's one of those things where I think people need to become, they need to own a little bit of knowledge and education with regard to their own finances. But, you know, I think some basic takeaways that I've learned and I try to put into the book, you know, the importance of, I think, living simply, it's, I don't want to get sentimental, but it's not what's in your life. It's who that's in your life that matters most. I think financial education has always been to save a percentage of all that you earn. You know, a percentage of all that you earn is yours to keep. It requires tremendous discipline to pay yourself first, but benefits of that are priceless. And even though this isn't necessarily, and you touched on this a minute ago, Kelly, it might not be a a direct money concept, but the importance of investing in your health cannot be understated. And, and the importance of investing in your own personal development, 
Um, you know, in the book I talk about, there's one investment that has been proven to, to give you a 3000% return on investment. And that's you investing in your own personal development. Nothing has the earning potential that you do. Not Bitcoin, not Microsoft, you know, um, there, there is no speculative currency or any equity that you know, is going to return what you're capable of delivering to yourself. So I think, you know, those are just three very simple things. But, you know, I tried to break the book down into, into three areas, as you know. Um, you know, how do you, how do you minimize the risk of losing money in your life and your business? How do you make money in your fitness business? And then let's say you are making money in life, um, either as an employee working for somebody or as a business owner, um, how do you continue to grow that? And then how do you protect that growth along the way? So, um, you know, and, and obviously, you know, I was careful to stay in my lane in the whole book, but, um, you know, along the way, when it comes to issues of, of, of contracts or insurance or investing, um, you know, I've shared my 20 to 25 years of, of personal and professional experience and some of the lessons that I've been exposed to, but, you know, speak to somebody who's a professional in this area, certainly somebody who has a much better understanding of your unique situation and, and your personal goals. Again, become better educated in the area, you know, live simply, save a percentage of, of all that you earn, invest in yourself, you know, your health and your personal development and, you know, work with qualified professionals as needed in various areas. That's, that would be the advice I would give to anybody. Which again, I hope you guys are taking notes and have some bullet points there as well. And I'm sure people are wondering how they're going to fill in the gaps between all those bullet points because people want to know more and they want to learn more. And this is a really good book for you to get started, whether you're in the fitness industry or just an entrepreneur on the outside in another industry, uh, these tips could be used for anyone who's looking to earn, grow, and protect their money. Just to let you know, it's actually going to be available on Amazon starting uh, next week, which from here will be April 3rd. Tuesday, April 3rd is when it launches. And so you can check it out on Amazon. Smart Money Moves by Frank Pucher. I want to call you Dr. Frank. Dr. Frank. <laughs> Before we wind this up, Frank, I just want to end with one additional thought. You know, the name of this podcast is It Just Takes One. And mm -hmm. I explain what that means to me at the beginning of every episode. Mm -hmm. But I'm just curious, when I say it just takes one, what does that phrase mean to you? God, that's such a deep question. And there's so many, you can answer that so many different ways, depending upon where your mindset is at the moment, what your focus is. But for me today, it just takes one. I'm going to say it takes one why. I think when you've got that one strong why in your life, then any how becomes possible. So for me, it's about it just takes one why to make things possible. I love that. I love that. Well, again, thank you. It's always a pleasure to get a chance to talk with you anytime that we do. And I appreciate you coming on the show. I always love spending time with you. You know that. And I look forward to getting the book in my hands and all of you listeners go out, look for it on Amazon next week. And there you have it. My friend, Frank Pucher, author of Smart Money Moves, a practical approach to earning, growing and protecting your money. You know, those of us who know Frank are very fond of what he calls Frankisms. <laughs> 
He has an amazing ability to take a piece of wisdom and mix it with some humor and leave you thinking. And he dropped a few of those Frankisms today. I wanted to share a couple of thoughts that came to me as I was listening to him. Just bring your attention back to them. One of the things that he said that I thought was really important to remember is that you need to face reality squarely. He talked about the adversity that he encountered in 2008, 2009, and the only thing that helped him get out of that was the moment he decided that he had to face reality because then he could start doing something about it. And I know that if you're in that situation, when you're feeling down, things aren't going so well, it's so easy to sweep things under the rug, step around the big white elephant in the room, (laughs) pretend it's not happening. But once you decide to face it, and be open and honest about it, then you can get your hands on all kinds of resources. And Frank goes on to say that you don't have to go it alone. You are not the only one. And there are many, many resources, including his book, that are out there to help you, to get you on the right path. So I thought those were some really good thoughts to reiterate. The other thing I wanted to mention was Frank's last comment when he talked about what it just takes one means to him. And he said, it just takes one why. Pretty profound. Right now, Frank's why is getting people talking about money, getting the discussion going, opening the doors to some open, honest conversation and to help people move forward, create more money in their life. But what's your why? What's the thing that you're most interested in right now? What are you curious about? What are you passionate about? What is nudging you, pulling you forward? And what are you doing to fulfill that why? Those are really good questions, and I'll leave you with those today as we end this episode of It Just Takes One. Thank you for joining us today and look for new podcasts coming soon. I am going to be interviewing Pam Safran, who is the author of Listening for Echoes. That episode is coming up next. And also Julie Wilcox. Talk about some strong women. And I want to share her story. She is the general manager at Fitness Quest 10 and is a powerhouse. I like to call her a superstar. So we're going to share her story in the coming weeks. Stay tuned for more episodes coming soon. 